there, podcast listener. I'm DC Benincasa with Missouri Business Alert. You're used to hearing the Speaking Startup podcast here, but for the next couple months, we're going to bring you something a little different, a new podcast called Market Dives. We'll dive into big developments across business, politics, sports, and more, explain the economic forces driving them, and help you understand why they matter in Missouri. We're excited to bring you this new show, and we hope you'll give it a listen. Now here's Market Dives. After a landmark Supreme Court decision and a new NCAA policy this summer, college athletes can make money off of endorsements for the first time. This week on Market Dives, we discuss what that looks like and how this policy will affect college and high school athletics. Welcome to Market Dives, a podcast that examines big economic stories and explains their effect on the show-me state. I'm DC Benincasa, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ian Laird. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing pretty well. Ready to get into it? Yep. All right. For our first episode, we're going to be talking sports. That's right. You might have heard that college athletes can start making money off of endorsements now following a unanimous decision from the Supreme Court and a new NCAA policy. Previously, there was no avenue for college athletes to profit off of their likeness while playing college sports, but this ruling changes that. Now that the shift has been made, the question is what do college athlete endorsements actually look like? Ian, your roommate actually has some experience in this, right? Yeah, so there's this interesting story of a player for the University of Missouri football team, Drake Heismeyer, who has NIL or name, image, and likeness deals with local restaurants. My roommate, Max Baker, did a story on him a few weeks ago for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and I was able to talk to Max for a little bit about Heismeyer and NIL deals. And what do Heismeyer's deals look like? He goes around and partners with local restaurants, and they basically give him some free food, maybe some merchandise, maybe even a small check, and then he gives them a shout-out on social media and promotes their stuff. And how did he even go about setting these deals up? Right, so as Max explained it to me... He's just a guy who likes to eat he said he just he just had always known he liked to eat he had set himself up for this by selecting the number 69 because he knew students would find it funny and he seemed to have an idea of what he was looking for ahead of time (laughs) so this guy was planning for nil before it even happened yep is this something all players were thinking about or is heismeyer a unique story i think it's hard to quantify anything exactly right now with nil since it is so new but i'll just defer to max on this one again I feel like some players have been thinking about it for a while, but maybe didn't exactly know what they wanted to do. I think he he might be an exception in how how planned out and how just, I guess, how much of a plan he had for his NIL um, stuff. Is it a fair assessment to say that this seems like the scale of deal that most athletes would hope to get with in an NIL deal? Well, you will have your stars that are able to pull national deals worth thousands or maybe even millions of dollars, but this reasonably is what I think most players could expect. Max said something that I found interesting. A lot of the time, these college sports are the only teams these fans have in their area. So the players end up having the same importance to the community as pro athletes do to their cities. So there will always be an audience that is interested in them. Got it. That makes sense. And and Heismeyer is one of the first Mizzou athletes to receive any sort of deal or endorsement, right? Yeah, so fans have criticized the NCAA for profiting off of athletes' labor for years, But not only were they not compensated for their labor, they weren't allowed to make money from endorsements, memorabilia, or even YouTube channels. 
Now, athletes have multiple avenues to be compensated. Social media endorsements are ways that athletes can profit off of NIL. Other ways they can profit, too, include appearing in commercials, selling autographs and memorabilia, and attending events. So, DC, I know you did some reporting on the process to create this policy. What changed exactly to allow athletes to make money off of their brand now? In 2019, California created a law that prevented colleges from punishing athletes for accepting endorsement money. After California's decision, around half of U.S. states, including Missouri, created legislation allowing athletes to profit from their NIL. This brought the issue before the Supreme Court this summer, which ruled unanimously that the NCAA was violating antitrust laws by putting limits on education-related benefits for athletes. The decision made it clear that the restrictions on athletes profiting off of their name could face legal challenges in the future, and after the decision, the NCAA created an interim policy for all college athletes to profit off of their NIL. And that's where we are today. So now that college athletes are able to make money, what does the current environment look like, and what are the next steps for everyone involved? Well, I talked to Corey Stanisia, the external affairs director at Dreamfield, a company that facilitates event and marketing campaigns with college athletes. He has worked in college athletics for over a decade. He even helped draft Florida's NIL law. And he says this is one of the few issues today that's been able to get support from both sides of the political aisle. If you're a conservative, this really is a true free market economy kind of issue. And then if you're even on the more progressive liberal side of things, this really is just such an equality um, and and, and equity standpoint, you know, across the board um, for a really, uh, you know, a group of people, almost half a million people in the country have been discriminated against economically for decades. Interesting. It's hard to come across many issues these days that have that level of bipartisanship. What did Stanisha have to say about how much money athletes are making? Well, he referenced statistics from an article Ross Dellinger wrote for Sports Illustrated in August. Dellinger reported that the highest paid athlete was paid $210,000 in deals in just the first month. That's a big number, right? I mean, I'm in my early 30s. I'd love to make $210,000, right? That's a great, that's a big number for, for anyone to make. Um, and, but then we saw deals as small as, you know, $45. 88% of deals were dealing with social media influencing. So that clearly is the bulk of the actual deal. Dellinger also reported that almost half of all dollars spent thus far were on social media influencing, even though they were the vast majority of deals. So that means really the large dollars were coming in. You're talking about half of the actual cash value was coming in on those other 12% of deals that were not social media influencing. Well, we haven't brought up any of the cons of this policy yet. Did Stanisha cite any drawbacks or negative consequences of allowing college athletes to make endorsements? Talking about sports, so who is going to be the loser in all of this? According to Stanisha, the only one that's going to be hurt is the NCAA. But others are concerned that this will reduce resources for lower-profile programs that don't have the brands of bigger programs. Most sports don't turn a profit in college athletics, but most programs are propped up by high revenues made from football and basketball. With the introduction of NIL, recruiting will become more competitive in cash cow sports like football and basketball, which could lead to a need for more funding in these sports. So some coaches in non-revenue sports are concerned that it could divert money and resources away from their programs. But it seems like allowing the athlete the opportunity to make money is worth more than this possible problem in the eyes of the NCAA. Even if an athlete isn't landing that million-dollar endorsement deal, they're still able to access a marketplace that allows them to make some sort of money. In a sense, they aren't being made worse off, even if they aren't landing the huge deal. 
Yep, exactly. Here's Tanisha again. At the end of the day, if, if you were a college athlete today, but you were also maybe comparing yourself to a college athlete even a year ago who graduated and they received zero dollars and you don't you choose not to do any deals or you, you're maybe you're not marketable and you don't do any deals, then so be it. Then that's a status quo. You know, you, you're no you're no worse off than you were just a few months ago before July 1st, 2021. You know, but it's up to you to make that decision. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a moment with more Market Dives. Know of a business or nonprofit in Boone County that has shown kindness to our community in 2021? Nominate them today for a Kindness in Business Award. The second annual Kindness in Business Awards are proudly presented through a collaboration between Missouri Business Alert and Children's Grove. The awards aim to celebrate kindness, resiliency, and sacrifice among businesses in Boone County. And let's face it, kindness deserves recognition. We hope you will join us in nominating local businesses and nonprofits for these awards at kindnessinbusinessawards.com. The nomination period runs from September 27th until 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 10th. Again, you can nominate at kindnessinbusinessawards.com. Spread kindness today. Welcome back to Market Dives. Now we want to look at who's setting NIL guidelines and the policy's effect on high school athletes. Ian, could you help explain who's responsible for these rules? Of course. So college athletes earning endorsement money has become somewhat of a state's rights issue. While the NCAA created its interim policy allowing them to profit off of their brand, the policy sets almost no parameters, leaving it up to the states to create laws that flesh out the details. What are some of these details? Well, some states allow athletes to use their school's logo in endorsements, while Texas and South Carolina don't. We talked earlier about states that haven't created any laws regarding NIL. How are guidelines being established in those states? In those states, each university creates its own rules. Some schools might allow athletes to use their school's logo, while others might not. It seems like using the school's logo is a pretty big issue. It is. Very few college athletes are famous and popular enough to be recognizable from their name alone. It's their status as a college athlete and their connection to an established college athletic program that makes them a valuable marketing partner. Well, are Missouri's athletes allowed to use their school's logo in NIL deals? Missouri's NIL bill was passed this year. It prevents student-athletes from entering into NIL contracts that require the athlete to display the sponsor's logo or advertisement if it conflicts with the school's contracts and licenses. But, shifting gears a bit, we've been talking a lot about what these changes mean to athletes who are already playing at the college level, but this also could trickle down to the way top high school athletes think about and pick colleges. DC, I know you did some reporting on that. What did you learn about how this might affect high school athletes here in Missouri? Well, Ian, I got to talk to Frank Bennett. He's the basketball coach at Chaminade, an all-boys Catholic high school in St. Louis. Bennett won a state championship in 2016 when Chaminade had Jason Tatum, who's now a star with the Boston Celtics. Overall, Bennett has coached around 20 players who've gone on to play college basketball, so he knows a thing or two about guiding players in college recruiting. Bennett says a positive effect of the new policy is that it's forced high school athletes to be more considerate in how they represent themselves on social media. We do a lot on social media. We try and pr- we try and promote the kids individually, and pr- you know, with that with that being said, it promotes them um, their their quote unquote brand. And and you know, when you have a brand, you have to make sure it represents who you are. And you know, you have to think about who it could potentially represent down the road as a as a marketer. So um, what you don't want to do is have foul language. You don't want to have explicit content. You don't want to have anything that um, 
would would puncture a hole in your in your character and then in addition to that dist, you know distance potential opportunities from you Bennett also says discussing NIL is important for high school coaches because it's something athletes can start preparing for now. And so they do so by making sure the social media is clean. You know, there's somebody that, you know, a business would want to take a risk on as far as marketing for their products, you know. And so um, you can never start those conversations too early, in my opinion. I think it's a necessity, you know, because at the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't talk about those things, you know, kids are kids and they're liable to make mistakes. And so, it's it's our responsibility as trusted individuals in their lives to try and navigate them in, in directions that are, are beneficial to them, you know, down the road. Okay. We've looked at the different players in the new NIL game. So where does the landscape of endorsement deals for college athletes stand today? While it's still early, the industry has grown remarkably quickly. High school coaches are discussing it with their players, and college coaches are using this program's brand in their recruiting pitches. A few big programs have even signed team-wide deals, giving all team members the ability to be paid to promote a product. And then there are NIL consulting and management companies popping up all over the country, like Dreamfield, the company we talked about earlier. But there are also many unanswered questions and issues that still need to be hashed out. Like what? The NCAA still has yet to really offer much input on the issue since their decision a few months ago. At the moment, there isn't a federal NIL law either, But if one were created, what would that look like, and how could that impact things? It will also be interesting to see which sports are affected by the ruling, and to what degree. And it is still somewhat unclear how high school athletes will be affected. Will there be more regulation to protect high school athletes from predatory recruiting? Will the Supreme Court decision open up the possibility of high school athletes profiting off of their NIL? So there's a lot of questions to be answered still. Yes, but it's only been two months since the NCAA adopted its policy and we still have plenty to learn. Thank you to Horse Lords for providing the music for this episode. And thank you so much for listening this week. This is Market Dives, a KBIA and Missouri Business Alert podcast. For my co-host, Ian Laird, and producer, Coleman Mitchell, I'm DC Benincasa. Talk to you next time.